Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I want to start a series that I feel like is, is really important, and I, I think the first of the year is a great time to do it. I want to start a series on learning to hear from God. And if you're sitting there thinking, I know this already, you expect, this is especially for you. Because we don't know anything as we ought to know it. And there's always things we can learn. And how many of you know that this whole, this whole, our whole walk with the Lord is a process. It is not something that we ever come to the end and go, I got it. I got everything. I'm done. And so I want to talk about learning to hear from God. Anybody think that would be an important thing in their life to hear from God? Anyone ever, can anyone ever say, you know what? I miss God. I missed it. I, boy, I, I know, ever heard someone say, I know I shouldn't have done that. Did it anyway. Got the t-shirt to prove it and the scars. But missing him is no fun. Hearing from him is so important. And for those of us who, who walk with the Lord for a while, and, and by the way, I always love teaching this because I always learn when I teach. So this is not something where I feel like I am an expert. I'm in the learning process. We're all learning together. We're at different stages of learning. And so, but I think it's so important to learn to hear from God. When Joy and I started a first church, the first church we started was not the Ark. It was called Grace Garden Church. It's in my hometown. It lasted a month. That was not, in fact, I had someone look at me and go, well, you didn't give it much of a shot. Well, I'm like what my pastor John Osteen said, if I know it's not God, I will crawfish out of anything. And so I backed up out of that. But it was a painful time in our life. And it was the situation where looking back, we realized where we had missed it. And so learning to hear from God is so important. I tell you what, I knew I heard from God when I married Joy. And, and boy, that, that turned out to be good. Now don't look around and go, well, I missed it there. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> just, just stare straight ahead. But for those of you who are single, oh, that's so important. So important. And so learning to hear from him. Now, I wanted to add a little subtitle to this, learning to hear from God without being weird. <laughs> because I, I don't ask for a show of hands, but how many of you know strange people who claim to hear from God? And, um, you know, if even, <laughs> I, I, I even am real reluctant sometimes when, when I hear people say, well, God told me this, and God told me that. I try not to use that. And uh, I've heard way too many people say that, and it wasn't God at all. But God's always talked with his people. He's always communicated. You know, when he made Adam and Eve, he would come down and fellowship with them and walk in the garden. So God's always talked with the people. He talked with Moses. He talked, he talked even during the silent times, what was called the silent times between the last prophet and Israel and when the New Testament started and John the Baptist hit the scene, God was still talking to his people. In fact, Michael talked about it on Sunday. A man named Simeon heard from the Lord that he wouldn't die until he saw the Lord's Christ, the, the Messiah. God's always talked with people. And I hear people say, well, God doesn't speak anymore. I don't know who, what God you're talking about, but my God has never lost the ability to speak to his people. 
He has never lost the ability to communicate. And so, really, if you think about it, that's some of the joy of fellowship, is communication. Let me give you a text scripture, and then we're, I'm going to go back to the communication. Here's our text. Jesus is speaking. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Communication is two ways. Communication is talking and listening. And you need both to have good communication. Good relationships are built on good communication. One of the things we, we talked to, to I mean, we've got great classes that will be coming up on marriage, and that's a wonderful class to get in. It's a great tune-up. But you, one of the biggest things that you hear in marriages is what? Communication. We're just not, we're not communicating. And so good relationships are built on communication. And the God who made us understands that. And so communication is talking and listening. How many of you know that it's, you need to have both? Ever had to try to have a relationship with someone who talked all the time and would not listen? Look straight ahead, don't even if they're here. Just, they just talk all the time. And, and you, can't, you can't get them to, you can't even get a word in edgewise and you're, you're trying to talk. That's not good communication. Communication is not just talking, it's listening. And how many of you know they, they actually give classes on how to listen better because listening is a developed skill. Yes. And I'm going to add that learning to hear from God is something we can develop. It is not something where some people got it and some people don't got it and you happen to be in the don't got it camp and you're like, well, you know, so-and-so, they just hear from God all the time. I don't never hear from God. So I, 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 here's something I'd love to hear you stop saying during this series. I never hear from the Lord. Let's go ahead and just stop saying that. New year, let's go ahead and with the new start is, I'm glad I can hear from the Lord. Amen. I'm glad. So... I'm going to give you some verses and we're going to talk with them. I'm going to give you scripture for it. Now listen, if you come from a background where this is new to you, and this is maybe different to you, and you're thinking, oh, what in the world am I doing in here? Is it going to get weird? Or they're going to break out a box of snakes? So what's going to happen here? <laughs> this, is, this is not weirdness. And this is something where this is, this is learning to fellowship with my father, our father. But, but listen to what Jesus said, because I want to give you some things Jesus said, and then we're going to talk about those. Jesus said this first one. He said, um, we are his sheep. Put that back up there. If you, can you put that same scripture back up there? Look at this look at thing. He said, my sheep hear my voice. So I'm not a sheep. Here we are. We're his sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture. We're his sheep. He said, my sheep. And, and I like that because that means I belong to him. And that means I've got a shepherd. And if, I'm, if I am his sheep and I've got a good shepherd, I'm in, a good, I'm in good position. Ever read the 23rd song? The Lord is my, I shall not want. It gets better from there. He's the shepherd. Jesus referred to himself as a good shepherd. And Jesus is called later on the great shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20 says, May the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep. Is he talking about little fuzzy sheep? No, he's talking about that great shepherd of the sheep and we're the sheep. Turn to your neighbor and go, you're a good looking sheep. <laughs> 
And you can respond with, bah, yeah. <laughs> he is the good shepherd. We are his sheep. We hear his voice. Now here's, here's one of the things that it's good to say and to say we have that capacity. He said, my sheep hear my voice. This is where I want to get you to stop saying I never hear from God. Because you're his sheep, you need to begin to say, thank you, Lord, I hear your voice. I am your sheep. I hear your voice. You know, if sheep can hear the voice of a shepherd, if little fuzzy sheep can hear the voice of a shepherd, how much more can we hear the voice of our shepherd? Janet Hestelow is heads up our prayer ministry here. Janet was our first full-time employee at the, uh, at the ark. And I, I'll never forget, she, she came with us in June. We started in June of 1996, and in June of 1997, she, she came on as my administrative assistant. I remember asking her, I said, Janet, would you come on and be my admin assistant? We had, everybody was part-time or volunteers. We were just small. We were over in the roller rink. And uh, I asked Janet, I said, would you, she said, I'll pray about it. Well, Jen is one of those people that when she says, I'll pray about it, that's not like we'll do lunch. It's, it's a serious, we're going to pray about it. And she came back about a week later. She said, she said, I'll do it. I said, great. I said, the job pays. I think we paid $900 a month. I'll never forget when she looked at me. She said, oh, it's a paid position? I'm like, I got the right one here. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Well, she, she did that. She was my admin assistant for about a year and then determined that was not her calling. It's amazing how I change people's callings once they work with me. But, but, uh, but what she did was she said, but I want to stay, and, and, uh, but I'm, I'm going to continue to pray. So here's what we did. We kept Janet on as a full-time uh, employee with the sole designation is you pray. So we have a paid prayer. Amen. And here, here's the thing. A lot of times people go, we don't know how the ark, how the ark grow this big in Conroe, yada, yada, yada. You don't realize what kind of prayer backup we have. Amen. And that early on, we, we decided that, that a prayer, an intercessor who could pray and, and would pray for us and, and just put her heart into it is very valuable and worth everything we pay her and more. Amen. Janet, who's still with us, still praying, I told her, she said, you cannot go home yet till I say so. <laughs> And we are, and it's like, no, I need you here. Heaven can wait. You're staying. <laughs> and uh, when she said when she grew up, she grew up out in the country in Texas. And uh, her brother, her uncle, her uncle gave her a sheep that had been rejected by its mother. Evidently, something about sheep is they, sometimes if they had twins, then the, the mother will reject one of them. And sheep... Bad, she was a bad mother sheep, and she rejected the twin. And Janet took the sheep, and Janet raised the sheep, and Janet called the sheep Pamper. And, and yeah, I know. It, yeah. <laughs> Janet called, Alan didn't call the sheep Pamper. Janet called the sheep Pamper. Here's what's interesting. When Pamper grew up, they determined that Pamper needed to be part of, of other sheep. He couldn't just be a pet. He needed to be a part of other sheep. And so they gave Pamper to her brother who had a flock of sheep. And Janet went a couple years after, so Pamper has gone away. She went a couple years later, and she went out to where the flock was. You know sheep look alike, right? She went out there. She said, they're all head down, they're grazing. And she stopped at the edge of the fence, and she said, Pamper, 
And one sheep lifted his voice, lifted his head, and looked at her. That was her sheep. Two years later, that sheep knew her voice. If a dumb sheep named Pamper can know the voice of his master and know the voice of someone from two years, how much more those of us who are the, who are the children of the great shepherd? My sheep hear my voice. We have the capacity to hear his voice. Now, here's, here's a couple of places that we hear his voice. We're going to hear his voice in his word. And we hear his voice in the voice of the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 7, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says this. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, this is Jesus saying, if I depart, I will send him to you. Now he's talking about the Holy Spirit. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, the helper, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, Jesus, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you ministry of the Holy Spirit is to guide us, to teach us, to glorify Jesus in our life, to take what belongs to him and to declare it to us, to show us things to come. And we begin to hear his voice and we begin to realize that we can tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But first we tune in to the voice of God's word. God's word first, God's spirit, they're always going to agree. So in learning to hear the voice of God, that's something we always have to keep in mind. We start with his, his word. So we're his sheep, we hear his voice. I love this, he said, I know them. This makes my relationship, makes your relationship with the Lord even more special. I know them. He knows you. And Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy and he said this, nevertheless, a solid foundation of God stands having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It's talking about departing from, from sin, departing from things that are wrong. But I love the part that says, the Lord knows those who are his. You say a lot of times people say, well, I know, I, I know the Lord, I know the Lord, I love the Lord. Do you realize the Lord knows you and loves you? So that makes it a little bit more personal then. So I'm the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And then the last one is, and they follow me. Now, the best and safest place to be on earth is following our shepherd. John, the eighth chapter, Jesus is talking. He had just, he just ministered help to the lady who was caught in adultery, but he said this. He spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let me just add something to tonight, and I want you to hear the spirit of which I'm saying it. I think sometimes we, we come to the Lord, and, and we all have things that we're dealing with. And we all have, listen, everyone you know has some, some issue, something going on. There's no one that's perfect except Jesus. You think Joy's perfect? She's not. Trust me on that. I know. She's close, but she ain't there. 
All of us have things that we're dealing with in life. All of us have things that we, if, if I ask right now for everyone to write down some of the biggest problems you have, typically people aren't going to go, well, do I have any problems? Yeah, people start writing. So here, here's the thing. We don't just want to learn to hear the voice of God just to solve problems. We want to learn to hear the voice of the Lord so we can follow him better. Does that make sense? I think sometimes we, we get, well, you know how it is with those of us who have children who are older. There's a lot of time, you know, for years, you're just, you're shelling out money. You wonder, will it ever stop? But you, you get to the place where they get on their own, and they're doing things on their own, and you realize that no longer is the handout. You're like, oh, that's different. Matt called me one day and said, hey, are you, you were available for lunch? And uh, I said, yeah. So we, this was like a Friday or something. We went to lunch and went to a barbecue place there. And I'm getting ready to pay, and he pulls out his card and pays before I can. And I stood there kind of like, <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I went, man, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, it's, it's different when the relationship changes from just what I can get to what can I do. Now, hear me on this. This, this. this is important. So much of the time, we're coming to the Lord going, Lord, I, Lord I, I, need, I, need, I need help with my kids. I need help with my spouse. I need help with my in-laws. Killing them is not an option, so help me, Lord. <laughs> Lord, I need, I need help in my business. And we need help. But listen, listen to me. We don't just want to come to the Lord just on that basis. We want to come to the Lord and go, you're my Lord, and I follow you. And what do you want me? And here's the one, what can I do for you? Not just what you can do for me. Now, that's a switch, but it's an important switch because then it puts us on a situation where he's our shepherd. We're following him. And if we follow him, he'll make us lie down in green pastures. He'll lead us beside still waters. He'll restore our soul. He'll lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not camping out there. We will fear no evil because we've got a good shepherd and he's with us. And his rod and his staff, they comfort us. We don't just want answers. Lord, fix my life, fix my life, fix my life. Lord, how can I follow you better? Just a thought. There's a great story in the Bible of the Emmaus Road account. And I think in this account, there's some real good stuff here. And I've got just enough time. Let's talk about it. Jesus has been raised from the dead. He's resurrected. And he has an encounter with some people. We can learn something about, about hearing from the Lord right from the story. Now behold, two of them, these are two disciples, were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. 
and they talked together of all the things which had happened. So this was like on the third, third or fourth day, I think. So it was that while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you're sad? One of them whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happen there in these days? He said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. There's some things we can see in this story. I want to just take a look at it. That we can see that when Jesus showed up, it was not obvious. I don't, I, you can have, we can all have our opinions on this. We don't know how. But you know, there was a few times after his resurrection that they did not recognize Jesus. The disciples, remember he's on the, he's on the shore. They're out there fishing. They, he goes, you guys catch anything? They're like, no. It's like, throw your net on the other side. They're on the other side, they pull in a bunch of fish and John looks over at Peter and goes, that's the Lord. Remember, Peter just jumps in the water and swims. But they didn't recognize him. I, and that might be something to do with his, the difference in his body. His trans, that, that resurrected body. Because remember, doors were not an obstacle to him. They'd be with the door shut and all of a sudden Jesus is standing in their midst, scaring the daylights out of them. They're like, Lord, you didn't even open the door. No, he's right here. But they didn't recognize him. But I think what's interesting to note is, you know, God doesn't always show up obvious. No booming voice from heaven. If, if you're thinking, I'm going to hear from God by hearing a booming voice or a bright shining light, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed. You know, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. I've never heard, never had a bright light or a booming voice, never had a flaming scroll, never had something that was very, very obvious. So it tells us something right there. We, the disciples, didn't know him. We have to develop some sensitivity to be able to hear the Lord. Because he's not always obvious, but yet he's talking. And how do we listen? I want to read something to you that uh, I think is interesting from a lady by the name of Harriet Tubman. Anybody familiar with that, that lady, Harriet Tubman? Black lady grew up as a slave was beaten, was, uh, I mean, they crushed her skull, they, they, they beat her, they enslaved her, and uh, she escaped one day and got out through the Underground Railroad, which was the systems of homes and, and people who would help slaves leave the South and get to the North that was free. And Harriet Tubman was, um, she got free, but she couldn't, she just couldn't feel like she couldn't stay there just without helping other people. And so she went back into the South and would lead people out. She called herself the conductor on the Underground Railroad. They say she made between 13 and 19 trips back from the free North to the enslaved South. And her biographer said she led over 300 slaves to freedom. And she never lost a one. Now what's interesting about Harriet Tubman and people laud her, but what they don't realize is this lady heard from God. Let me just read something to you that, that came out of a, a documentation about her life. In describing Tubman, fellow abolitionist Thomas Garrett remarked, I have never met person of any color who had more confidence in the voice of God. 
Being a conductor was a perilous invitation to death. Tubman and her passengers, the people, the slaves she was leading to freedom, were likely pursued by search dogs, trained slave catchers, and officials. When people expressed amazement at her courage, Tubman, Tubman always exclaimed, Don't. I tell you, missus, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. I always told him, I trust you. I don't know where to go or what to do, but I expect you to lead me, and he always did. Now catch what she just said. I expect you to lead me, and she always did. Now I had heard this before, but this, uh, this next paragraph I thought was fascinating. Though Tubman was illiterate, she had heard verses before. She med I didn't know this. She meditated and, and meditated scriptures all the time. She had scriptures going in her, I mean, she said she would wash her hands and, and, and quote the verse, cleanse me, O Lord. Give me a pure heart. But she said Tubman was illiterate. She listened carefully to God's voice, only fleeing where God led. In describing his voice, Tubman reflected, sometime, I'm going to read it in her words, sometime it sting like a smack in the face. Other time it's soft like a dream, fly off soon as you woke. And while many might consider Tubman's ability to hear God unique, Tubman implied otherwise. Seemed like I learned to see and hear God like some learned to read a book. I put all my attention on it, act without a question, for I can wonder if I ever heard it at all, for I can understand what it means. I loved that part. She's, she basically is learning that she, she went really by what was in her heart. She never lost anyone. She never was captured. But she said, I expect to hear from the Lord. I expect to hear his voice. She said, but I'm putting my focus there, putting my attention there. Here's, here's what I'm, I'm going to tell you. There have been times the Lord has been talking to you and you thought, that oh, was just me. That was just a thought. And yet, she'd be the one that would go, that's the Lord. And she learned to act on it. But I love what she said, I learned this. Can you learn to hear from God? Yes, you can. But it's going to require some attention, requires more focus. But I loved her story. It, aren't they one, didn't they? Aren't they going to put her on the $20 bill? Is that the, they were talking about that. Is that, did they nix that? Is it still in the work? It's our government in action. Thank, thank you, Lord. Okay. Jesus showed up. It wasn't obvious. Jesus noticed they were sad. He asked about their condition. He's aware of what condition we're in. He knows us. He listened to what was on their hearts. They could have chosen not to share. He could have said, well, why are you guys so sad? And they went, oh, don't worry about it. But in sharing, they opened themselves up for answers. Sharing our heart is part of our communication with the Lord. Psalms 62, verses, verse 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Pour out your heart before him. This is something where you can just come to the Lord. Listen, some of the things you're dealing with, he already knows about. You do know that, right? And so when you just come and say, Lord, this, this, is, this, is, this is hurting me. I, I, I need your help in this. 
I need healing in this area. What are you doing? You're pouring yourself out. But when you begin to pour out your heart and talk to him because you trust him and you trust he'll be good and he can be trustworthy and he will never embarrass you. And when you begin to pour out your heart to him, you begin to open yourself up for answers to come to you. Amen. Lord, I, I need your help. My, uh, my grandson, Grant, is coming down. Uh, they're going to be here Thursday. He's turning six. And he wanted to go to Pop and Bibi's house for his sixth birthday. This, this child, this is the child that, that Justin and I were in the room when I found out that my daughter had had an abruption and they didn't know about her making it and they didn't know about the boy. And he was in the NICU and we, man, we were, we were having to believe God. And I remember Justin was in my office when I got the call and, and I, I just looked at him. Justin's pretty perceptive. He's like, we'll, we'll talk later. And, and I went to the prayer room and I just remember, I just poured my heart out before the Lord. I said, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I, I need you on this one. And oh boy, did he help. My daughter made it. This kid is bright. So bright. He was reading at three. He's as sharp as a tack. He thinks, me, he thinks Joy and I hung the moon, which shows his brightness as a child. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was a situation where I knew I could, I could talk to the Lord about it. And I remember telling him, I owe you. But you know, all of us do. You could tell that to the Lord tonight, whether he's done, whether you acknowledge anything big, the fact that you were saved, the fact that if you died right now, if you would go to heaven, you, we all owe him. Amen. But he knows us and he loves us and we can pour out our heart before him and he'll help us. And when we do, when we just say, Lord, I, I need you, he'll reveal himself. Now, boy, we're out of time. We'll have to bring this up next week. Can you, can you come back? Okay, good. I, I, really th I really think, if you'll listen to me, I really think this is going to be a real important time. Listen, one of the most frustrating things in life is to go through life not knowing what to do. Not knowing which direction. I like what Harriet Tubman told the Lord. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but I trust you and I expect you to lead me. I don't think she was being... I don't think she was being brash. I don't think she was being unkind. I just think she knew the Lord was good and the Lord was her shepherd. And if he is our shepherd, he will lead us. Amen. And we can say, Lord, I, man, maybe you're, and maybe you're saying that tonight. Lord, I, man, I got situations in my life. I do not know what to do, but I trust you. And I trust you can lead me. And he will. So if nothing else in this series, if you can begin to raise your expectations of your relationship with the Lord, put the excuses aside, put all the, I can't do this aside, and just clear the board and go, Lord, it's going to be different this year. You're going to lead me. I'm going to follow. It's going to be good. Would you bow your head for a moment? Being led of the Lord starts with a relationship with him. If you're here and say, you know what, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. 
or maybe you're someone that says, I'm here in church tonight because or I'm watching because I realize I've been away from God and I need to come back. I need to, I need to reconnect with him. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you come down to the front. We're not going to have you embarrassed to stand up. But if that's you tonight, I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you, we're going to say a prayer. But if you're, if you're willing to say, you know what, that's me. Alan, one of those situations applies to me. I'm a candidate for your prayers. Would you just slip your hand up and just say, um, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Great. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Now, maybe you didn't lift your hand. You're in that debate stage, and we understand that. But this is a heart prayer. You can pray it right from your heart. We're going to lead you. If you're online, you're by yourself, please pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. Hear it in the, in the sanctuary here. If you would just pray it with us together. Maybe I'd be silent. We pray this prayer all the time. I know, but every time we do, someone connects with the Lord. And that makes it all worthwhile. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Heads are still bowed, eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer. Father, thank you for those who've received you for the very first time and for those who have reconnected in their hearts. They want to be connected to you. Thank you for those who've come back. Father, we rejoice with both groups. And Lord, I thank you for the ones who are here, the ones who know you, the ones who may be discouraged in their walk with you. Thank you. You're not the one putting the discouragement on them. You're the one who loves them, knows them, understands them, and has answers for them. Thank you. And for those of us who are looking to take it to another level, thank you. There's always more with you and following you. We'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.